that looks miserable walking your dog. Just wanted to acknowledge you. Welcome, everyone. Pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight's episode 184 is entitled Three Types of Love. 2023 has started off in dark and tragic fashion. What stands out in the dark? Light. How can we be light? Through love. This week at the table, we will be talking about what love looks like in three categories and which one stands out the most. So pull up a seat at the table and join us. First time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Watch us live at lunchtimeinrome.com forward slash live or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and it'd be great if you gave us a five-star review. Jay, what's this podcast about? Being alone is the worst. Good times aren't as good, and bad times are worse when you're all alone. Romans 12.15 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about. We demonstrate that in the first 15 or so minutes of the podcast, and we talk about it for the rest. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunch Chris time. is back. Chris is back. Chris is back. Chris is back. My hot mics. We peaked on that one. Yeah. All right. All the way to the red. Rome. Yeah. Rome. All right. Lunchtime Rome. in Rome. Yeah. So Chris is back. We're all back. I mean, we're all yeah, back. I, we're, yeah. We're, I mean, you know. Oh, that's right. Because the ladies were here last week. Yep. Word. Yeah, yeah, it was a good show. It was very fun. If you didn't get a chance Picked to it, up steam as it went along, it was very funny. Like there was at certain points, I was, uh, it was just great. I had to save the show with the love actually note. Oh man, they really, they <laughs> I were, heard that was they hilarious. were very passionate about that. I'm gonna <laughs> turn down the mix a little bit. Yeah, a little hot. Yeah, um, hot it kind of carried over from. I, I, they were having that discussion. I think on New Year's Eve or maybe it, um, Christmas Eve or something. I remember them talking about love actually, and it was a hot button topic oh, it for them. Is I got you never seen it. It's the like, best movie. Apparently, I'm not going to see <laughs> I've, it. I've made terrible. myself watch it once. But it's you so made bad. yourself? Yeah. You had like... The, the <laughs> <laughs> I committed, put it that yeah, way. I committed to watching it. it in my fingers. <laughs> uh, I, I love that my wife got on back on the pod before I did. Like that, I, I enjoyed loved that. having her. I, yeah. I, honestly, it was a, it's a, it was an episode I was looking forward to because I think they do a great job. And it was, it was very fun. Very different. So... Uh, switching it up was, was really good. But speaking of Christmas, I am Christmased out. <laughs> Christmas is gross. <laughs> Christmas is gross. Me too this uh, year. Honestly, me too this year. Whoa. Yeah. Which is, you know, something's wrong. Yeah. All, uh, all my I stuff's still... down. Really? You're already. Uh... Oh, yeah. I took everything down yesterday. Wow. Moving on, man. Yeah. We took down a ton of stuff. Um, and. I mean, we hosted a lot. We, we, oh, so we had, many times. Uh, you know, we had, uh, hmm. you know, my, my mom was down and out with the flu for like a month and a half. So she was very ill. She, and she usually hosts one thing for her side of the family and, and that just wasn't happening. So it was very much, uh, clean the house, set everything up, cook, tear everything down, <laughs> like, you know, like do it all over again. And, Everything went really well, you know, all, all things considered, like the, the get togethers were great. We had New Year's here. We cut it short a little bit, but you know, it was fine. You know, the, the Maggie, you know, mountain down, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we were just, we were just done. We were just done. Uh, a lot of doing. Um, and the thing is, like, I was off all week and I don't feel like I got any, uh, any. I felt like that today. I yeah. think we, we all, Hosted and played so hard yeah. that there was no rest. There was no rest. And I feel like I'm going to do Christmas very differently next year. You say that. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I mean it. <laughs> yeah. And, it will, and I'll talk more about that at another time. But November there's going to be... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hawaii. Christmas is coming in July, Megs. Um, no, it'll be more of what happens post-Christmas. In terms of time off and things mm-hmm. like that, I'm just going to adjust my schedule a, a little. Don time, yeah. So like, hey, maybe I'll have a a day well, off on Maggie's in school. And not only did you guys host a lot, <laughs> yeah, you also did a lot. I mean, you guys children's did. museum, Kennywood. You guys yeah. were everywhere. We did Christmas lights at Kennywood again. We did the Gosh. children's museum. I mean, it was 
it was a lot children's museum which is uh i did not know this it is the most popular uh day of the year for the children's museum so that sounds like that's a lot of fun that should be the day that everybody goes well it was funny (laughs) we uh they do a countdown to noon Mm. which we (laughs) (laughs) chris we just we opted out of uh because i was like that's not Too many something. Variables. <laughs> that's not something I want to do, and that was the best time to go and do whatever we, we wanted nice. to do because everybody was there. Once that was over, you could like slowly see like I was like the okay, waves it's, of people. It's getting a little overwhelming at this point, um, but it was great memories for Maggie. Uh, we went with the Malarkeys, who uh, we've mentioned Malarkey on the show before. He's helped us with sound and stuff. Um, Only when the sound's good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and their daughter, Emma, who is, is pretty close in age with, Emma. uh, Maggie. And, uh, they just had, they were like two little old ladies, like walking down the steps, like holding hands, like, Oh, be careful. Watch yourself. You know, just like really cute. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was, it was cute. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I am, I am done. <laughs> Keep waiting for that finish line. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Maggie's, Maggie's birthday, birthday this year. This That's year. It. It's That's Maggie's birthday, 2023. <laughs> And it was funny. There was a uh, um, the Babylon Bee wrote a uh, uh, Babylon Bee's satire website. If you're not familiar with it, but that, is it? Is it? <laughs> the title or is it just predictive. <laughs> yeah, the title of the article is "Dad Looking Forward to the Peace and Quiet of Work After the Holidays." <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, that's no satire was, about that. I was, I was. That's very much kind of where I am. And Chris, you've talked about that getting back on a normal schedule. There's yeah. just something about that, and I very much needed it. I needed that force to get me back. Getting eating right, you know, I'm eating clean and, you know, getting those, those, those things back in order. And yeah, it's just much needed. But isn't it interesting? Cause last night I was talking to Rachel at your house and she was saying it, it feels great to get back on the schedule. You know, it was nice to have the time off, but it's nice to get back into the flow, you know, and I'm like, I'm thinking, how often have we been in like the middle of March and we're just like, oh, oh it's dude. all the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same grind. We're I can't wait till vacation that. or something, yeah. you know. Right. And then you have this time where it's like it, we're celebrating and it should be fun. And we're like, I can't wait to get back to the grind. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we be yeah. content? <laughs> no. I don't know if I'd say. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say I was excited to get back to work, but I. There is something like I feel that what you were saying, Eric, like just the like the different pace that can because you're not used to it. It's just so wearing. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, with being off with Maggie being off school and everything and her, she's a, uh, you know, she's she's a lot to handle. She's a very good kid, but she's a lot. And when you're off for a whole day with you know Maggie, <laughs> four year old, like you got to figure out something to do. You got to figure something else to do because right. like so you can get mentally exhausted yeah. consuming, you know, the day at home. Yeah. Or get physically and mentally exhausted to a lesser degree taking her out and right. doing something. Right. You know, I mean, she loves Mario Kart, but she only lasts like one circuit. Right. You know, we'll not nearly four, enough. Four, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm waiting for the Saturday where we're just, you know, having a quiet Saturday morning and we're just playing Mario Kart. That's going to be the best. But, um, but right now it's we go this and then we ping pong to that and then we ping pong you know and zing zang zoom. You're talking to Amy. You're like, I mean, just hypothetically, how young do you think is too young for Call of Duty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had this afternoon uh, a very under. Well, I want to speak to Christmas. I highly recommend, and obviously Eric, it's not the same for you, but Rachel and I went away the day after Christmas up to Cleveland. You know, Rachel and I value our, our little mini trips yeah. away. And I mean, Cleveland is nothing to write home about. And it was very weird, amazing architecture. But I, I would say it was good because we got rest. And, yeah. you know, we, we got out of the day to day routine, but we got out of the holiday routine. Mm. You know, we were watching TV the, like our first full day there. We got there Monday. So we had Tuesday all there and i swear we watched like three different videos and stuff and i'm like so what is it, about four or four thirty she's like it's 115 I'm like, Gosh. <laughs> i never sit still and including me not sitting still was taking bella today over to linton junior high because they asked if she would sing the national anthem before the eighth grade basketball game wow now this is a girl who's had the lead in the musical this is a girl who has sung the national anthem for our Penn Hills uh, volleyball senior night, which had, I would say, I think almost multiple hundreds of people there. Yeah. And all of her family and friends. And now she goes into 
Linton Gymnasium with a Fender Passport sound system yep. <laughs> and a crowd of actually there was maybe 50 people there. And of course she banged it out. It was wonderful. It was great. I wasn't even nervous and I loved watching people like notice, Oh wait, somebody who knows what they're doing is singing and trying to find where she is. Yeah. singing. And like even the assistant coach for the visiting team, you know, he's got his head down and then his head pops up and looks over to see mm. her. And, but I don't bring that up for that. Proud of my daughter. Uh, I say that because I was talking to the Linton athletic director before the game because I noticed the one referee from volleyball. And I said, that guy's a terrible volleyball referee. How is he at basketball? <laughs> he goes, he's terrible. <laughs> but he points to this six foot four older guy and he goes, this guy's a legend. And the guy's walking over. Now it's just as Bella's about to sing. And I said, oh, nice to meet you. And I noticed the sound system. And I said, boy, I bet that's got good sound quality. And the guy goes, yeah, whatever. He goes, I'll tell you what. Whenever I'm up at the high school and I go to a game there, I can never understand that guy that's announcing. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be you. <laughs> and the athletic director, Pete DeVito, Mr. DeVito, he looks at me like with these eyes. And I turn to the guy and I go, look, buddy, he's not very good. And he goes, I just want to be able to understand one name. <laughs> and then Bella hit her first note. And I'm smiling from <laughs> ear to ear at how I handled it. And when it was over, he walked away and Pete said to me, he goes, you know that guy, right? And I go, no. He goes, so he just said that to you? And I went, yep. And he goes, man, you handled that like a champ. And I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> That's awesome. That's hilarious. And then on a more positive note, um, I went to the Penn Hill Sports Hall of Fame meeting that I'm on their committee and I'm the MC for their events. And we're passing out the potential nominees. So we get like yeah. a list of, well, it could be a list as deep as we want. And like one guy and there's 80 years old. And I think you have to be out of high school for seven years before you can be nominated. Okay, so I'm eligible. Yeah. yeah, you're eligible. <laughs> and uh, the name of the person who nominated was on the top, but I didn't know that. And then underneath that is who the nominee was. So they're handing out, and I recognize different names and stuff. And then I look at the top of the page and it says Mary Lynn Pleshkowski. Mm. which for those of you we know who her. don't sit at the table very often, that's my sister. And I'm like, well, she's no athlete. I mean, she could be on there for academics or singing. But then I realized, oh, the nominees are underneath, and she had nominated me. Aw. Oh. And uh, that was very humbling. And then so then we go around, and you promote two or three people that you wish would get to the cut of 15, and then we cut it down. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Can anybody nominate? Anybody can nominate. You go onto Facebook. You go onto do, do the you website. To be like, do you have to be Penn Hills alum to nominate? Nope. Do you you be anybody. anybody can nominate anybody. All I right. will say that 90% eh, of the time, athletes nominate themselves, but right. whatever. So we take turns nominating two or three, not nominating, but pushing two or three people. Hey, I really want you to consider this guy lobbying. And mm -hmm. Mr. Butchright, he said, oh, I want to... You know, he goes, this one guy was a golfer for me and somebody else. And he goes, but I don't want to embarrass you, Jay, but, you know, for everything you've done and everything else, I, I really think we should take a look at Jay and everything else, which is just so nice. And, mm -hmm. and not only nice for Mary Lynn to do that for me, which is, which is nice. And I, you know, I always go, I would say I, I very well may be the losingest coach in Penn mm -hmm. Hill's history. Um, but to have Charlie say that was very nice. And of course, around the room, they said nice things. And then I said, well, guys, I appreciate everything. I said, I'd, I'd like to appear very selfless here. Uh, I said, but the, the banquet this year is the night of the musical. And my daughter is the lead. And we're always concerned with nominees that they're going to fill tables. I said, so either I'm not going to fill t too many tables if everybody's going to be at the musical, or I do fill a lot of tables, and I've crushed my daughter. I said, so <laughs> I'll just take my name out of the running. I said, we can consider me another year. So I got to appear selfless. There what you a, go. What a beautiful experience. It was very nice. Yeah, that's good all around. So congratulations on that, though. That's Thank you. That's very meaningful. Um, and plus one for Mary Lynn over my other siblings. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah you're keeping score. I mean, <laughs> scores must be kept. They must be in any family. I mean, how will we know if we're winning? You <laughs> <laughs> just, it's unknowable. Um, Lex made some really great squash soup that I hope Jay enjoys as much as I do. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a really good, hearty fall, winter kind of soup. Um, she takes squash, grinds them up, yeah, like whips them up, blends them up. Um, puree. Yep. Yeah, puree. Coconut milk. Um, so fresh squash or does she buy? No, it? it's one of those big squashes. She, she peels it and then just what chops. What kind of squash? 
It's it's a the know, big the kind. big kind. It's a yeah. big orange squash. Do you know how many varieties of squash there are? <clears throat> you can Pumpkin. ask her. <laughs> that would be a big orange That's, one. <laughs> no, it's it's not round. It's it's oblong. oblong. Yes, oblong. <laughs> um, so did yeah, she roast it first? And no, then? no. It um, it's it's I think sautéed for or you know it's yeah I think it sautés or something first. Okay. And then she then she blends it up and um, it's just really delicious. It's it's there's cream cheese in it. There's heavy cream, so it's, it's oh, wow. very. It is a, that sounds amazing. It is a creamy, <clears throat> a little bit of onion. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Mm, I look um, forward to it. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if any of this is connected, is I started the new year off like when we went to bed after we watched the ball drop. Um, it's been really interesting and kind of heavy and also at the same time um i i had a terrible night like i went to bed and i went i had a terrible night into sunday morning where like i just couldn't leave the bathroom and like i just couldn't like i, I couldn't you say like the guy in dumb and dumb yeah i was like like harry from dumb and dumber like i couldn't i just couldn't stop and then it was gone like and then it was gone. So whatever was in me, it was, I felt like a demon was in me and it was just being flushed out. Yeah. And then I went to church and, you know, you guys saw me Sunday morning. I was exhausted. Um, but then oddly enough, <laughs> and I don't know how this could be, our pipes in our house are backed up and I have to have the plumber <laughs> come out either tomorrow or Friday. Not for lack of flushing. Not, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think they're connected. It's just ironic to me. Um, yeah. So, like, I guess if there's one word that I can say, plumbing problems, drained. Oh, drained. Drained. Ah, drained yeah. is like, yeah. like, yeah. and you know, I, my work schedule isn't super hard right now. Um, you know, and over, uh, we went hard over, you know, Christmas and and over um, December and stuff. But I don't know, man. Coming into this year, and I mentioned it last night yep. to you, Jay. It was just like there's. I don't know. It's, it's, there's a heaviness, um, you know, and I, obviously there's events that have already happened locally with a, you know, police shooting, um, you know, nationally with the, the guy on, um, what's his name? Damar Hamlin. Hamlin. Uh, we watch, and Lex and I watch that in real time, and it's just like, I don't know, you know, like maybe it's just because it's a new year, but I, I, I've just had this sense of it's, it's not light right now. Ken Block. Yep. Rally car driver, like famous, like unbelievable rally car driver, d- does all the Jim Connor videos and snowmobile like, very. Accident? No, that was that was. Oh Jer- yeah, that snowmobile. Was Jeremy. Well, snowmobile. That was Jeremy. snowmobile was 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 Ken Block, and then right. Jeremy Snowplow. Renner. Re- Renner was snowplow. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't um, die. He just, no, he just but got he, mangled. He's not doing too good right now. Makes me feel bad for snow. If that's what it does to us. Oh right. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a heavy start. Yeah. And is it just because we're at the start of the new year? Like, may, like if it's July, are we like, uh, you're just numb to it at that point? Is it more significant at the beginning of a new year when you see and hear stuff like this? I mean, I think, I think the NFL thing was, uh, that was a major moment. And I don't know exactly what it all means, but that was something very, very, very significant. And, um, it was yeah. a unique event. It was a unique to, event. Like, and on, you event's know, event's a bad word for it. To never see an NFL game go forward, like to, yeah. to right. completely like, see right. the game. Well, and just looking at the reaction on uh, Twitter, like there was just so many people praying. Yeah. Oh, Twitter. And, I'm talking about the reaction of the players. Oh, yeah. Oh, Josh yeah. Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like just, you know, a lot of emotion, but a lot of like, you know, we, we when we, when we have a time like this, a lot of support, but the, yeah. like it takes a tragedy for us to like, Mm-hmm. do that and it's like we should be living like this more yeah. and caring for each other but we don't but when tragedy does strike you know it is a, a time to kind of reflect and, and recognize what's important and and a lot of that was happening online which i thought was was great yeah and it, <clears> ha- <throat> it happened for like two hours you know like that's yeah. one of those moments where everybody is just shocked like everybody's shocked and then you go to war over different things about it. You 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 know people start politicizing it and and taking sides, complaining about the NFL, complaining about complain it, how this but is like handled. for that one two hour period. Or but whatever even then that there was. wasn't because Skip Bayless and yeah. I mean there were there, was there were lot. people well, stepping out. Yeah, everybody I was watching like because I watched the whole feed. You know, yeah. I, I watched the I tuned into the game because I was like, this is going to be like the game of the year. This is an right. exciting game. Yeah, and then to to go from that to they just kept cutting to commercials and then you know like. They cut back to the ESPN studios and like they didn't know what to do. It was Booger McFarland and you know two, yeah. uh, two other people. They, were, they didn't know what to, they didn't know what to say. They just yeah. kept going. All we're worried about right now is is his health. Yeah, you know. And I think for that very unique moment, everybody 
hope you know even if it was for five minutes everybody was shocked and and just wanted to what's going on and then 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 the noise just starts man and it's so frustrating and disheartening i thought so much of the handling of it was really good and and i'm i'm still i'm a person who like i still like to give people the benefit of the doubt so like when the nfl executives or you know whoever gave that call for like well we're gonna wait five minutes and they start the game they didn't Right, like it's unsure. Nobody, nothing. But this has never sure. happened before. Right. Like, you know, what are you going to do? Right. So, so a right. lot of people were like, "Well, how could they?" Right. But I still, I, I like to go again, benefit of the doubt. Like they could have just said that because, okay, listen, we're going to take five minutes, figure this out, mm-hmm. and then the right call was made. Like nothing bad came of it. Came, right. Like the they, the r- the correct steps were taken. Right. I think how so, you got like, to those steps. Maybe right. well, relax. And, and it's never happened before. So of course they're going to be like, "Whoa, well, but there's no grace in the world today." Right. Now no, that was the problem. Yeah. That was yeah. the problem. Yeah. And this, but to see the coaches, you know, come together and, yeah. and just basically they were like, "We're yeah. not doing this. We don't care what the yeah. NFL says." We're looking at our players. Yeah. Suddenly everybody was just people. Like, you know? how are you going to yeah. go back and play a game? Uh, you know, un- unless you get the call that like, no, he's fine. Everything's he's fine. fine. Right. Exactly. You know, then right. maybe you can go back and play, but to not know and, and to think that you're going to play a game after that. Yeah. Like when you see a guy getting, you know, chest compressions for nine minutes, totally unique, never nine happened minutes. before. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. I'm, you know, and the latest word on him is that he's stable mm-hmm. and, and they flip breathing him better. His and, chest. So it's crazy. Good. I mean, take the pressure off his lungs. It's crazy. Wow. 50% oxygen, which is apparently an improvement. Yeah. 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 He was on 100% oxygen and then he was down to 50. Yeah. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. Speaking of better. So, speaking yeah. of better. Yeah. better. Chris, Chris oh, hey. Back. I'm back. Um, hey, buddy. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'll start by saying there there is some good news at the end of the story, but I'll give you guys a quick a quick health update on the wife. And I, she didn't talk about it last week she did not we at all which right she didn't want to mention it or just it didn't she didn't want to bring it up inorganically is probably yeah i'm speaking didn't come up when we were talking about christmas movies right (laughs) but um (laughs) man (laughs) she uh that's not a horrible christmas name for a movie (laughs) what is christmas cancer like this is horrible this is horrible yeah Right. We, and we've talked before about how it's a bad time of year. So obviously I've taken several weeks off and just like, you know, we've been spending time together. I just want to be around because those quiet times are like the worst, you know? So, so that's, that's what I and she and I, we've been doing. Um, but so we were on track for like, okay, she got the, 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 the operation. This was, you know, when I was still, you know, on an episode of the pod and couple months ago or whatever she had her first um surgery got it removed the the lump and here we go we're gonna do radiation great then we get sidetracked by this last mri that she has to get and ooh, they saw a spot and then it becomes okay well now we have to schedule another biopsy and get this tested and it just it takes weeks and it's more waiting and waiting so that was very much, you know, Amy said it multiple times. She felt like we were back to step one, back to step one, because here we are again, just waiting for a surgery and we can't seem to move forward with any sort of, um, I, I don't want to call radiation a cure, but like, just like a, you know, Treatment. a, a treat, procedure, yeah, a, a, yeah. procedure. A, a, a yeah. procedure moving forward to, toward getting better anyway she had that operator that was really a biopsy to test the spot um which is i mean it is a surgery but it's a they sort of like poke you with a really long needle and like yank outpatient little things out of you yeah yeah and um that was on friday on monday she already got a call from the doctor that said you know negative result which actually means good result right (laughs) that's right michael scott exactly george costanza (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Both, I think. Yeah, right? Anyway. Uh, so that was very good news. So it was not cancerous. There is no more cancer in there. And now it is time to move forward with radiation. So we get to actually like, which, you know, obviously is not a fun step. Yeah, that's one of those. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, great news. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, but it's that radiation. It's, it's it was, act, it was it's great action. news. Yeah. You know, it's, right. it's a, Oh, it is good. Yeah. yeah. It sucks. That right. It's good. Yeah. Good news. You only have to get radiation mm-hmm. for like 
six weeks, five days a week or whatever it's going to be. Wow. But so she's called the radiologist today and they're going to get back to her. They have to get the schedule sort of set up and figure all that out. And, um, and we're moving forward. What's that so, look like? Five, please. five days a week. Bro. She has to go into yeah. some place. How long yeah. are they? How long are they? Um, I don't know. I don't think each treatment is particularly long. But still, I it's mean, one more thing. Less than an hour, I'll say. Very inconvenient. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, man. It's very inconvenient. That's all. What it's an understatement, though. You yeah. know what I mean? No, like, it's true. No, it's but, true. Yeah. Is it an understatement? Yeah. I mean, because it's very... <laughs> well, if that's all you're going to say about cancer, then yeah, it's an <laughs> well, understatement. Well, no, right, right. <laughs> but in the, in the moment, it's very inconvenient. On the macro <clears throat> scale, it is horrifically frightening. Yeah. On the micro scale, it's terribly annoying. Right. A lot of doing. Yeah. A lot of being somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Well, and she hasn't, you know, there hasn't been an ounce of her, like, feeling sick or anything. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong externally. It's just, again, yeah, it's all of the waiting and all yeah. of the, the worry. and, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do not stuff. recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, hey, listeners out there, we just uh, if you're thinking not, about it, not a sponsor. Out. Cancer is not a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we're doing. But I mean, I I will say for myself, it I'm tired. I'm like emotional. Like we had a good holiday time. Um, Christmas was great. We got to go up to Titusville and see my mom. Never heard. Of um, it's a great place. You got to visit. Um, you know, we had just, you know, good times at church and, 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 um, with friends, get togethers and, and, and celebrations and, and like you guys alluded to earlier, like mm-hmm. it's just, it was wonderful and tiring. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's how I am. I'm mm-hmm. tired, but I'm more, happy for more at peace. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. More at peace and just sort of like, Time to just take a little bit of an exhale and mm-hmm. and and hopefully do, take some positive steps, you know. Yeah, yeah. Brian mentioned earlier and last night he mentioned it to me the the darkness and the heaviness and the being not even so much being drained, but just that there seems to be that Paul Paul in uh, in our world P A L L. Yeah, not Paul Dick, who I have to return his phone call. P Dicky. Still rocking it down in West Virginia. Yeah. Or Paul, Paul Mercier up in uh, oh. wherever they are. Polly Lama. No, neither of them. The fact that it is right now, there is a darkness. And in, in general, there is a lot going on that is, I don't want to say gross, but there's just a lot of darkness in our world. And again, we are... Not a Christian podcast, but a podcast done by Christians. And we want to talk about the fact that we can bring light into this world. You know, Brian, you shared that with me yesterday. You said, you know, it's just getting really dark and everything else. And I said, great. You know, it was funny. We were not, I didn't join you for half a second because I was like, hey, then that's all the brighter the light's going to shine. And to us, you know, to, to shine light is to, to share love and that we talk about love and, and we talk about a church every Sunday. And to some degree, it drives me nuts when people don't necessarily apply it to their lives. And so I wanted to break love down. And you talked about going up to Titusville. You hosted uh, 42 different times mm-hmm. over Christmas. <laughs> yep, that's accurate. You know, you hosted some things. We did something. And that's, we, there's three levels of love. And the first one is obligatory love. And so we're going to look at three different descriptions of love, three different types of love. And to kind of break them down a little bit and what they look like. Do we want to look at that after we watch an Instagram thing? We certainly can. I didn't know I was not in the room when we made that decision. So oh, let's, sorry. Are we doing one then again later? No, we the two because they're, they're quick. Is yeah. that okay? Sure. I would love to dangle a carrot to the end to keep people around. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do one now and one later or just do both later. So we'll come back to the three types of love after, after this. this. After one. All right. So forgive me. I'm going to uh, turn some volume up. Okay. So, so this is my first time back with, with these Instagram mm-hmm. thingies. Somebody explain to me what's happening. You're going to watch a video. Okay. It's an Instagram reel that will pertain somehow to emotional needs. Okay. And then we will say, I like that or that's dumb. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Respect to men is love. 
Like men don't feel loved if they don't feel respected. And, and your job as a woman is to make them look good. And this goes back to does it does it look good to a guy to have his girl hugging the whole football team, hugging the whole basketball team, hugging hugging the whole rap scene. Respect to men is love. What was that last one? Hugging the whole, the whole rap scene. Yeah. Oh. You know the rap scene. The when whole, Amy's when Amy's out with the whole rap scene. <laughs> the whole rap scene. That's a big She's more of a partial rap scene, too. Yeah, I, I would think yeah, so. I don't know how that is. So I mean obviously respect speaks to me, and I you know, I, I would tend to agree with that. Like and I think it would also be a sense of security if you're seeing, you know, your other, your significant person, the person you're dating, whatever, going around and, and hugging the cheerleaders or the football team or whatever it is. Yeah, that's that's a loss of respect because, like, am I not good enough? Um, uh, And that might even be a different emotional need. But, like, am I not good enough for you that you have to go out and do that? Am I – Why does her dressing necessarily have an impact on whether you are good enough or not? Why are you making it about you and not about her? Because, obviously, that's something that I have to deal with. You could choose to deal with it, but do you have to deal with it? Well, if that's genuinely what I'm I mean, feeling. I'm being sort of Chris here. I'm sort of, you know, being oh, contrary. I'm contrary on. <laughs> you know I'm back, Jack. Oh, that. I'm sorry. I'll do that for myself. Chris, go on. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll disagree a little bit with Brian, though, because, um, and this is not to just be contrary, but my opinion, I, I have trouble when just hearing anything like, this is what men need, or this is what All women right. need. So the generalizations... Hmm. Like that, that makes me bristle immediately. So I have to make myself listen objectively after I hear those words because then, it, because the subjectivity of my filter, like, is that, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I follow. I What's <laughs> hilarious is you're a man and you have a high need of respect. <laughs> so are you afraid of that? I do get what you're saying yeah. because I don't, my, my, I do have a need of respect, but it's not as high as yours. Right. Um, so I get what you're saying. Yeah. Now, I mean, so that part of it does pertain to me. Like I do. Yeah, I do need some respect, but what was the second thing she said that, um, are you stuck on the rap scene? Love is respect. No, that was the last thing. (laughs) She said, here's what bothered you. She said, it's a woman's job. Oh yes. Please continue. Well, you can play it again, but she says it's a woman's job to make her man look good. Yeah. I don't like that. It's not her job. So the way I break it down is she said, quote unquote, respect is love. Now, to some people, absolutely it is. If they have a high need of respect and you're going to meet that need, then that is love. And if they have a high need for respect and you don't, well, that's not very loving behavior at all. So for respect, her example is, you know, certainly it's never okay for a woman to be hanging all over other men. That That's respect, belonging, appreciation, support, a- attention, I mean, it, attention. Security, it's all of them, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but for a woman to just get to look as good as she can and go out, mm-hmm. well, like if you don't have, I could see if you had a high need for respect, boy, that, that's not loving me. That's not caring for me, you know, but if you don't have a high need for respect, you know, like if Amy gets ready to go out and she looks like it's like when they went to wherever it was, the one comedian and she came out and she had the eyelashes and this and that. And the other thing you're like, Hey honey, you look good. Have a good time. <laughs> you're not like, why are you dressing up for the women? Right. Do you guys think that when she said, cause again, this, when she said it's a, a woman's job to make her man look good. Do you think she meant that literally? Cause she, it, the no. point of the reel is about respect. So I'm one, I'm trying to decipher does she actually mean the point is to uphold their relationship in a respectful way? You know what I'm saying? I think what she was saying is it's, it's a woman's job to care for what the man thinks, looks like, feels like. You know, So if, if she goes out and is hanging all over the whole rap scene yeah. and hanging on other guys, that makes him look bad. Right. So therefore, she should try to make him look good. So is this... Does this go into the, our narcissism discussion in any way? How? If, if she's narcissistic and only cares about herself, then yes. Right. And then if he says, hey, it makes me uncomfortable when you go out and hang out with all these guys, and she says, oh, then you're just not. You know. Or from the man's point of view, it's a woman's job to make me look good. Yeah, but he didn't say that. She did. Right. But maybe she's saying that based on. Wow. A perception of like all the guys she's ever been around. You got to look good for me. 
Well, if we're going to be really honest, mm-hmm. I think she's running an Instagram reel where she's trying to get clicks by going contrary to. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> she, she's just got. Because there's got, a couple that are like that that I come across, and I'm just like, all right, honey. She's just, <laughs> doing it. She's just it. mission accomplished. You're saying what every man wants to hear, so he can show his wife. <laughs> Look what this girl said. Right. Right. But so we want to shoot the second one, or we want to hold off. For we'll the hold off because it's, it's funny. It's, but you'll definitely want to wait around. for Are it. we supposed to judge the actual reel also? Like, what was the dude doing? Like, what no. was he? He was just like shaking his head the whole, or just oh, listening. It's like a reaction. Reel. Yeah, yeah, but he, what, he wasn't reacting. Most <laughs> reaction reels they don't react. <laughs> we had one. We had one two weeks ago that was like this lady was not. She was just there. Right, I yeah. don't get it. I, there's something to it, but yeah. I don't get it. You know, I want. Yeah, they're normally like they have their head. head uh, they're hand laying their down. Forehead. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> I did see one today where it said, and and this is a, apparently a thing. It was a boat on the water out in the ocean, and a guy's jumping off the top of the boat into the water, and it says, "When he hits the water, flip your phone around upside down." So I'm like, oh, is there like a monster, you know, a monster, but like a, a, a shark or something with the glare of the water and they flip it over. I mean, as he hits the water, I flip it over and the little kid's face pops up right side up, having flipped the phone over and he goes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, they got me and he's cute. <laughs> and it would not be hard for me at all if he was in my family to meet his needs, which once again, from a lunchtime in Rome here at the table. For us to say you love somebody is to meet their needs, whether it's food, water, shelter, their the physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs, whatever. To love somebody is to meet their needs. And the first level is obligatory. And by that means you have to, you know, you've got to love this person. And if you haven't, if you've gone through mm-hmm. the holidays, mm-hmm. I would think you could come up with many examples <laughs> of experiences you just had. Mm-hmm. And you may not, it's not that you don't want to. But you're obliged to. So right. can I give an example? I would love for you without, to give several examples. Without naming names, but it's part of my family. My mother. No. <laughs> no, we were supposed to go to a certain... We, not supposed to. We were invited to a certain family member's house. And um, this was the this was the Monday after Christmas. So the, the day after Christmas, they were going to host a party um, or a dinner, which we've gone to... In the past, and for a while there, I looked forward to it. For a while, it was you know it was kind of a good tradition. It was a lot of fun because we saw a bunch of relatives we never saw. We're not hosting. The food was amazing, but it it things have gotten so complicated on that side of the family because of certain things that have happened over the past couple of years that it's just not a healthy environment. And so when I when we got the invite, I talked to Lex and you know, we were both in agreement like, no, we're not going to do that um, because it's it's not a good environment. It's it's too much drama. And I mm. think I had a realization in that where I don't care if you're my family member. Mm. I'm not obliged. I, I'm not obliged to like what you're doing. I guess like just on a human fundamental level, because Jesus calls me to love people. I'm supposed to love you, but just because you're my family doesn't mean that I'm going to um, give you my time or give you my attention. You know, is that wrong of me? Maybe, but I'm not going to do something for tradition's sake. That's just horrible. I'm just not. So that's something that we, that, you know, as I was looking at this, it's not obligatory. I, I didn't love because I didn't do it. Well, and you're talking about having healthy boundaries, too, which is... Sure. Yeah. Well, but I would say this, and I don't think it's spin. Your target area is confused because I don't think you didn't love the people who hosted the party by not going. Could could you have loved them by going? Would that be loving? Maybe. Depends on their emotional needs. But, and yeah, and you can also lovingly decline, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and do it in a respectful way. Whereas for you putting your family into a socially uncomfortable environment where it could get really messy, mm-hmm. you love them by abstaining from that. Mm-hmm. Right. You obligatory you know? so love your family. That's a, like that's your, a touchy yeah. example that can go both ways. I wouldn't beat yourself up as I know you wouldn't anyhow. That's beside the Well, point. and the nice thing is their, their pipes were frozen, so they called it off anyways. <laughs> you were on your way. <laughs> I was, <laughs> dang it. Why did those pipes freeze? <laughs> and we're starting, start, what we're trying to say is that lying is loving. No. <laughs> But I mean, certainly with family, there are times where you don't want to go. There's times when you don't want to buy the gift. There's times you don't want to make the phone call, but you do. And that's loving. And that's good. 
We're supposed to do it. Are there exemptions? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But the same is true of friends. You know, I think these are different categories where, yeah, you know, you're obliged to. It doesn't mean you don't want to. I'm not saying this is you don't want to do it. I'm saying there are times (laughs) when you don't want to do it. You know, your best friend says to you, hey, can you help me move? It's 7 o'clock on Saturday morning. Real friends show up on moving day. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and if they ask you to move a a horse, help carry a horse, (laughs) you ask Nate Pergazzi about that. (laughs) Or when they they want you over at their four-year-old's birthday party, and it's really hot. It's supposed to be a finish line. It's the best. (laughs) And you know it ain't no finish line. But we're going to have a shaved ice truck. That's right. We did. (laughs) And there's going to be zero drama. Nothing. (laughs) No drama. None. But you're happy to do it. Maybe you're not happy to do it, but it's expected of you. And even to a degree, I wrote down neighbors. You know, when I win the Mega Millions mm. on Thursday, is that the next drawing? Ooh. Friday. It's up to a billion again. Ooh. We've always said that we're gonna we're not going to move. We're just going to buy all the houses in our neighborhood mm-hmm. and then make it a gated community. Mm-hmm. But we're going to let, you know, we're going to let John and Pat next door. They're, they can stay because I'm into them for like 15 <laughs> different tools that have broken over the years and they're good neighbors. <laughs> You know, I don't know if he's wanted, you know, he has obligatorily loved me by lending me tools, by being that neighbor. He's the one that took the package off our porch because mm-hmm. he knew we weren't home. Yeah. Well, and to your to your point about neighbors, when you had to go over and bury your neighbor's dog at two o'clock in the morning or whatever. It that was, was four o'clock in the morning. Snow Thank shovel. you very much. Yeah. yeah in August. I, he was using snow shovel. I brought a pick and a shovel. It's funny that this subject came out because I was just over at uh, uh, Luke of Kate and Luke who oh, have yeah. sat at the table. Um, and I was building, um, uh, helped him build a computer for his golf simulator. And uh, his neighbor comes over and wanted to borrow a circular saw. And uh, like a good neighbor, Luke was State there. <laughs> Luke was there. And he let he let him borrow the saw. And like he closed the door. He looked at me. He's like, I didn't really want to let him borrow the saw. <laughs> I was going to say, knowing Luke as little as I do, he'd be like, no. You should buy your own. He, he's kind of a softy, though. Like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah is. he is. Uh, but <laughs> this is very funny. It's very obligatory. Well, and the simplest way to look at it is, except for, in, in a real sense, you'll know what it is if you don't do it and in, it's looked at as wrong. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, it's only noticeable when you don't do it. And we can get into the, the mm. emotional It's like needs. a socially necessary, a social necessity to- A norm, if you will. Yes. You're going to, well, just think in a, in a very simple standpoint, when a parent does not provide food, water, and shelter for their child, well, that's wrong. They're obliged to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just and that, same. in a basic sense, is 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 love, I guess, because well, well, it's yeah. meeting, meeting needs. a need, right? Yeah, we yeah. we prefaced it with that, yeah. right? Right. Um, I think. Is there any other categories? Coworkers, mm. podcast co-hosts, <laughs> or friends? <laughs> like who else you obliged? Yeah, to I would love? say coworkers. Um, yeah, strangers, for sure. Like strangers? No, you're not obligated. Somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, I need fifty dollars." What about you pass you pass a, somebody that is broken down on the side of the road and not obliged? See, sometimes I, I sometimes I do. No, I think that you're leading us into our next category: reactionary. Yeah, like if you drive past ah. somebody who's broken down, nobody goes, "What a jerk!" He didn't stop, right? Which lead? Well, I, don't want to I always say, "What a jerk!" to people that don't use their turn signals. That's oh, a different category. Me though. too. I think that's a Dude, it would people sol- should be obliged it would solve, to use their turn. It would solve <laughs> it would create world peace if every single person <laughs> and if they drove on the left side when they're passing and on the right side when they're or driving. Go down some, one way. Those two <laughs> things alone will create world peace if everybody did them. What about going down one way in a shopping center? Yeah, don't do that either. <laughs> what about people who don't return the shopping carts? Oh. <laughs> And litter. Those four, those five things. <laughs> if we just did those five things as a human race. Ukraine, Russia, solved. Solved right now. World Economic Forum ceases to exist. That would be amazing. And I would, my reaction would be shout with joy. That reminds me of that Steve Martin just skit. Said, my reaction would be shout, shout with, with joy. joy. <laughs> <laughs> there was that Steve Martin skit. It was like, all I want for Christmas is, of course, the children to sing in peace <laughs> oh, <yeah>. together. <laughs> That would be number one. But if there was a number two, it would be a million dollars. <laughs> well, I said to Rachel, if, I said, imagine if we won the Mega Millions. I said, I would build 
the sweetest disc golf course. I mean, yeah. help a lot of people. I would help a lot <laughs> well, of people. Well, that would help a lot of people. Then I would build a really big disc golf course. <laughs> so, Brian, if you're driving down the road and you see somebody pulled over there that got their little white thing on their antenna saying they need help or whatever, and you stop and you help them, wouldn't that be an example of reactionary love? Now that I look at this again, it would. You know what I think is another example? We were talking about you helping your neighbor bury their dog. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Do you think? Did you feel obliged? I mean, I guess because I no, I sure did. Um, but I would agree with you that it could also be reactionary. Yeah. For me, I felt obliged to eat, to offer at least. I think right? you felt obliged because you had told him ahead of time, whatever you need, ah, whenever you need yeah. it. That's right. And so then That's you true. had to. Knowing to his that. story that he did not have an adult male in his life, mm. and I'm trying to be that man for him. Yeah. In essence, he became family. Mm-hmm. But still, so if I saw. I was obliged. Yeah. But if I saw, like, my neighbor Jordan over here struggling with something, like, if he's carrying something he's, like, struggling with, I would feel like. I have to help. I can't just watch the guy, you know, struggle. You know what I mean? Look at him. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> He's right there. He's drinking. You're drinking a beer. Yeah. Having a little trouble. Yeah. Are you, Jordan? <laughs> I don't know why you became a little bit Irish. But, <laughs> but Chris, so your point is in, in certain circumstances, it, it depends mm-hmm. because if you do have that closer relationship, you are obliged, mm-hmm. if, but there are times when you are not obliged mm-hmm. to love somebody. And this is certainly, I think to a degree, it could tap into family. You know, I think distant cousin calls, hey, can you help me move? Yeah, this could definitely tap into many. I mean, I think immediate, fam- I think immediate family, uh, I think you're obliged, no mm-hmm. matter what the need is. I yeah. mean, so it's more of a relational based thing is, is where the obligation comes into versus reactionary where you see somebody on the side of the road or, um, the other day, some, some lady in Aldi dropped some things and I had a free hand. So I picked it up for her. That's kind of reactionary. Yeah. That's an, ex- that's yeah. a prime example. Uh, it's out in public, but it can also be the, the severity of the ask. Cause I could say my brother could call me tomorrow and say, Hey, can you loan me $3,000? Mm-hmm. I'm not obliged. Right. Mm-hmm. But I could react to that. Right. Sure. You know, but mm-hmm. very often you're, if you think about being out in public, you're pretty much obliged to do nothing. <laughs> to not be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anything you do, mm-hmm. um, the one example I would use was going into Giant Eagle, and I've told the story before because it's. I ended up being, you know, I was laughing at how I was about thirty minutes behind the Holy Spirit prompting me to say and do the right <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, and the guy that was smashing the payphone, the receiver. Because I guess the call didn't go through, and he lost his quarter, and and I was led in that moment to meet his need and hand him my cell phone. Mm. That'd be a good example of reactionary love. It was mm-hmm. a terrible example of witnessing, because that's when I said right afterwards I was going to say to him, "God bless you," and I said, "Happy holidays." <laughs> <laughs> I think the simplest definition is stepping up, either when nobody else will, mm-hmm. or when you have the opportunity. Mm. Yeah, this is something, um, and you may have heard me say it before, but see the need. Um, I had it, it's the same person that told me, um, oh, the thing you said on Sunday. Oh, yes. Um, but the, the, when we, when Lex and I were going on our missions trips, all the preparation, you know, we we were taking teenagers and, and everything like that who very much don't see the need. <laughs> of anything. The need could hit them over the head. Yes. Here, I'm going to open this thing and leave the wrapper on the kitchen counter. I don't see the need to do anything in this. But so one of the things we wanted to say to, to, to instill in our groups was to see the need, you know, and, and kind of understand that your role to, you can be a servant, um, based on, the, the needs that present themselves. And that's always stuck with me. And so, you know, I think ve- that very much falls in line with what we're talking about as far as re- reactionary love is like stepping up when no one else will. You see the need. Anybody? All right. You know, let's, let's go ahead and do that. And I think that's part of why I wanted to talk about this tonight is to just get it into the forefront of people's minds mm-hmm. that we're so inundated. We're so on a macro level, so self-absorbed. Oh my gosh. We don't see the need. And and I don't I'm so think, tired of it, dude. Like, well, but yeah. even like you're exhausted right now, you're just trying to get through a day, it could pass by mm-hmm. those I mean, you a nice guy who's a right. loving guy, right. you might miss it, right. let alone the sure. people that mm-hmm. are hurting yeah. and everything else. So I want to have that be in the forefront of your mind. Mm-hmm. My my mother said to me today, she goes, You know, now mind you, she's a little bit older, 
she repeats stories, but she said, I have found, she said, that anybody who is working in a store or a restaurant, if you say something nice to them, they really receive it well. And I was like, ah. <laughs> you're, you're telling me that like that's all i do that's we're gonna groundbreaking to that. <laughs> mom <laughs> but but i was telling her of a story of colleen johnette who goes to the 9 a.m service at our church mm-hmm. and she said she held the door she goes for this very very tall and mean looking black man and she goes he was probably 25 years old but i just no he held the door for her i'm sorry and she told him she said well she said thank you sir your mother must have raised you right and she told me a story, and I'm dying. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like, oh. Wait, but, this um, is your mom telling the story? Calling Jeanette. Okay. And the guy hugged her and started to cry. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Man, goodness. you just never know. Wow. You just never know. And so here he was, hit. reactionary love, saying, oh, here's an older lady. Yeah. Still not old. And right. he held the door for her. And so she reacted to that moment and not only said mm-hmm. thank you, mm-hmm. but said your mother must, must have raised you well. And, it, and that moment, there they were. And what does that look like for people around? Right, yeah. right. You know, that's reactionary love. Oh, that's man, you, know, I you love didn't that. have to do it. Yeah, that's beautiful. So fun, but you did. My mother's example was at Applebee's. She uh, told the waitress, "She said, you're a very good cook.'" <laughs> <laughs> and she, she goes, "The waitress goes, thank you." And she goes, "I obviously didn't think she cooked it." And I'm like, "I don't know that she knew that, mom." <laughs> She's like, "Thank you, ma'am." <laughs> Which leads us to, uh, unless you guys want to give any other examples on reactionary, I'm going to talk about projects. And you know, if you're at work and nobody's going to step up, yeah. you do that. That loves your boss, doing that kind right. of stuff. Um, is my favorite. And uh, there's a spoiler alert, which is intentional love. Love when it's completely not expected and it's premeditated, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which makes it different than reactionary. Mm hmm. And you told a story, I think it was Sunday, about how you've been going into Aldi because you know, you know, well, I mean, you go into Aldi anyways. Oh, I go into Aldi. <laughs> but you noticed a new person working there. And so now progressively over three, four, five times, you have, you know, basically gone in first time, my man, second time. And then by the third or fourth time, he's like looking at you in line, like excited to see you. That is intentional. And strategic. Well, and here's a guy. He's probably somewhere between 25 and 30, just new working at Aldi. Like, I don't, I don't know what his story is, but hey, let's build this guy up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his story is, but he needs some attention. And I want to point out that he works hard and all that kind of fun stuff. To me, it is the truest definition of love from a biblical perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God didn't have to send Jesus. Jesus didn't have to come here. Mm-hmm. He chose to. Well, I just think of like how much of a Better, I know this is just so cliche, but how much of a better place this world would be? Turn signals, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> children singing in peace, <laughs> a million dollars. Um, <clears throat> no, I just, but if just having like that cheerleader that like just well, that's meeting, his base with that's you, meeting you know? his their need for attention, right? Their need for belonging, yeah. Because that's, I mean, appreciation. My man, there was a guy in the locker room at Churchill Country Club. I'm a shoe shine boy. Mm-hmm. Now this was his throwaway line. But he would walk in and go, my man. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was always like, yeah, that feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why I use that exact term. Like my, now, of course, I say Jerome mm-hmm. because I know his name. Um, but that meets the need for belonging. Mm-hmm. It meets the need for attention. Now, if they don't have that, you know, there are employees at Aldi that I have to contain myself because <laughs> I want to talk to them. Yeah. Because I know they do not want to talk to me. Right. One's the manager. New <laughs> manager, I must add. And I'll say anything to her. like, and I mean, I will be like, Andrea, how was your weekend? Is everybody good? And she's not the manager. Yeah. And she's with the manager. Yeah. And like, I can see the manager looking at me like, how does he know everything about your family? You know, whatever <laughs> yeah, else yeah. is going on. But that's not loving the manager if I just talk to her. But if they have that need, yes, it's meeting that need. Yeah. I think, um, you know, seeing the need being part of the reactionary love. I, I, I do love the, the phrase random acts of kindness. You know, that, that was another thing that early on was really embedded in me is, is to have these, have these random intentional acts of, yeah, I would love to say, I want to take random no, 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 out no, no, and no, put no. intentional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but again, always like you're saying, keeping in the forefront of your mind ways to intentionally go above and beyond and, um, you know, just, just give that extra look or hug or, or whatever it might be. You know, it's, 
it has to be an intentional thing. You know, we've talked a lot about intentionality over the past, you know, two months, um, because those are the things that allow us to keep our mind open and our heart open to actually doing them in practice. You know, we're going to talk more about how the, what is the premeditated part of it, but I want to break it down by categories. We talked a little bit about, uh, me going to Aldi, but just being in public, there are many ways, many people that you see all of the time, whether they be store personnel, whether they be the people that you see the doorman at your office, as if anybody goes to an office anymore. Um, but different people like that that you see on a regular basis, the people that you see at work, the people you see at school, people that you pass on the street, your neighbors that aren't your immediate neighbors. You know, there is a parallel street to ours, Clematis. There is a woman, her husband, they have a child. I have never had a conversation with them. Every time I drive by, I honk, I wave. Now, it's the smallest of things. Mm-hmm. And after maybe three, she now looks up turns mm. and waves. Mm-hmm. Is that a big deal? No. Right. But who knows what that's going to be? <laughs> it's consistent. She's like, there's that guy again. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, there's a, a similar situation in my neighborhood. There's a woman that frequently walks her dog. And she just looks so miserable. Oh, they're the worst and the best. And I wave at her every time. And like, sometimes she will look up and <laughs> she won't even give me a wave. She's just I got a head nod or like she like I can tell she knows I'm coming and she just like she just keeps looking down. She just looks like the most oh, weird. hell no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like maybe I should just not, not? do that. Am I loving her by not? Right, right. Don't don't make it awkward. <laughs> you know? You're like blaring blare, the horn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just stop right behind her. <laughs> Goes past her, three point turn. <laughs> Comes back, three point turn. <laughs> Hi. Next time, Hi. just come out with a megaphone. <laughs> hey, lady that looks miserable walking your dog. Just wanted to acknowledge you. <sighs> Another great way to intentionally love somebody is to either call, send them a letter, a text message to, I would say, secondary to tertiary family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I... I want to go to the to the end now, but the premeditated part of it is, for, as a faith based person, as somebody with a relationship with God through Jesus, there very often I'll just I'm laying in bed and I go, Lord, who needs to hear from me? Who, who could use something right now? Mm-hmm. And then I do what so few people do when we pray, and even when I pray, and I shut up, mm-hmm. and invariably somebody's name pops to my head, mm-hmm. you know, and and I try to make a habit of it at least every other month. All of my nieces and nephews, or most of my nieces and nephews, just send them a, a two sentence, you know. Well, some I see more often. No, I thought you were going to say, I do that about once or every two months. Like the thing where you sit and you pray and you like ask God to reveal somebody to you. You know what I mean? I switched. So thank you for pointing out my lack of clarity. I think you should always pray, but at least once or twice a month, or once a month or every other month, without God prompting, mm-hmm. I text my nieces and nephews. Right. But sometimes it's, hey, a former Young Life kid that was good friends with that I still have their phone number that I haven't talked to in five years. God will put them on my heart. And so I'm like, okay. And so then I'll text them something. Same can be true for distant family members, old coworkers, whatever. Mm-hmm. That out of the blue message of just encouragement or appreciation or belonging or whatever else. The, oh, I mean, imagine a teacher that had an impact on you mm-hmm. if there was one. Who is still alive? My case, not many. You send them a note today mm-hmm. through the roof, mm-hmm. through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I have found when God puts them on my heart and they just pop up, I would almost say more often than not, not only do they, re- everybody re- replies with appreciation. Oh, mm-hmm. thanks so much for thinking of me. More often than not, I get, it's really weird that you would text me yeah. right now because mm. I'm going through this mm. or because this just happened. Mm-hmm. I was telling Bella about this today. And she goes, creepy. <laughs> I said, no, honey. I said, it's, it's godly. That's, that's kind of yeah. how God works. <laughs> yeah. But Amy, um, for years had, had affectionate story or, you know, stories that she loved to tell about her first grade teacher. And uh, a couple years ago decided I'm going to look her up on Facebook. She might not be alive anymore. I don't know. She's a, whatever. I'm going to look her up on Facebook. They started, con- you know, a, a little 
Facebook message conversation back and forth. They've been out to lunch a couple times. Like it's and and just like Amy wanted to reach out to her and say what a positive impact she had on mm-hmm. on her life. And like I just that she follows through with something like that. Like that's like you're talking about Jay. Like that's just that's awesome. My fourth, intentional. My fourth and sixth mm-hmm. grade teacher, who was the same person, who was the teacher that nobody liked, who was so tough. So Mr. Thompson, you know. And who I then later on grew to really appreciate how tough he was and everything else. And he and I knew each other for years because he came to volleyball events and I was always coaching. And then I'd see him every X years. And at Trey's viewing, I look up and he's standing there. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I hadn't talked to him in five or ten years. Nothing made me weep like him being in that line that day. Mm-hmm. And he had every reason not to go, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's those intentional acts of love that I will carry that vision of him. Mm-hmm. For the rest of my life, mm. they're magic moments, really. And what do they cost us? Right, mm-hmm. they a cost little us bit of thought, a little bit of intention, a little, little prayer, tiny bit of energy. I don't know. I mean, a text message, though. I mean, That's a lot of tough. people still have, you know, you know, talk to. They have to pay for their text, right? Like in the original days. Right. Well, and it goes back to like what we originally talked about, like at the beginning of the of the show today. Is you know, it doesn't cost anything, and it can change the world. You know, and, and we're and living so, in such a like reactionary love. Hey, yeah. can I borrow a hundred bucks? Okay, mm-hmm. that's going to cost you a hundred bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But these things right. are worth sometimes a whole lot more than that, mm-hmm. right? And, and like cost with the you nothing, like we talk, well, like we said, like this beginning of the year is starting off with this darkness. So let's let's be that light. Let's be that light. And <clears throat> I teach about it from a Christian perspective because then that can shed a positive light on God. I don't even, with all due respect, care if you believe if you want. You know, this is not do with God necessarily, you can look like a great person this year. <laughs> if you've got a bad reputation, just go and mm-hmm. send nice things to people. And yeah. everybody's going to be like, well, they really turned a new leaf in 2023. Yeah. I encourage you to give God the glory, but whatever. Doesn't Mr. Beast, like, isn't that one of the things that they're known for is they just give, like, just int- gives, intentionally give. Yeah. And it's like, he's, he's become a, a YouTube millionaire and over and over and over again by doing things like that. And he, and he, it's entertaining. And, and he also does crazy videos. Yeah. Like crazy. He also made squid games or whatever it was called. Well, he, yeah, he, he like drove a train through like six foot cement walls just to see if it would make it through. Like somebody well, sure. also he, does. But he also, he also <clears throat> does those intentional things that like you get that, those moments of, of magic that, you know, yeah. the world, the literally the world seeing. He's a very positive guy. Side note, he, he was offered, somebody offered him. A billion dollars for his brand, like oh, all his different channels and stuff. What? Offered him a billion dollars. He turned it down. He said 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah, because he just knows what he does. Yeah, 1.1. <laughs> <Yeah>. 1. <laughs> 1. <laughs> but I yeah, would take it and then do it again. Nah, because he was just like, he's, he's got too much good yeah. going for him. But I would say also, like, there's, and speaking of Instagram, there's uh, some dude who's a barber. And he just walks around and he gives free haircuts to either like kids in poor neighborhoods or like you'll yeah. have a sign that says free haircuts for vets. Yeah. And he's all about the positivity and, uh, and those type things. I think to it's summarize awesome. it, you know, to, to not fulfill obligatory love is just bad. <laughs> and, it, and it's evidence that something's either broken in the relationship or in you. Mm. To not fulfill reactionary love is indicative of poor emotional health and her focus. Yeah. You're just not doing great that you mm-hmm. can't give out to those. Where it's your opportunity to step up. Well, like I, I do like how you say focus because, like you said with Eric, like Eric's a great guy, but you know he he might be swamped right now and just not even. Hey, you're see not a bad it. person, yeah, right. And like you said, just distracted. See the need. See the need. Distracted. Yeah. How many people miss the need? Yeah. Right. Especially if we're going to talk about emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody. Right. You miss the needs of your spouse. Yeah. You're certainly going to miss the need of the parking lot attendant at the hospital when you're visiting somebody. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I want to give you a really quick, uh, good one because it happened today. Uh, we have, I stopped and I was leading to do this. And this is something I've done several times. Going to a funeral of somebody you are not obligated to mm. go to, to the viewing. Mm. I went to a viewing today. It was 10 to 12 in the morning. They're doing the funeral at 1230. I went in at 1150. I feel horrible that I couldn't make it. If I know who you're talking about. You do not. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thought, yeah. Anyhow, the, I, now I feel bad. I'm like, who did I miss? Uh, fantasy football. Oh, uh, is that today? I think so. In the morning? I don't know. Okay, the point is, I got <clears throat> in at 1150. I just stood in the corner. I didn't know anybody in the room but the person I came to see. She was in an in-depth conversation with two different people, looked over at me, and started to cry. Mm. And I said, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to pop in. I didn't mean to come in this late. I just wanted to, you know, you blah, blah, blah. 
Thanks so much. She walks away. I'm out of there. Five minutes. Yep. Five minutes. And I got all the credit in the world. Oh, and yeah. I mean, I didn't have to go, but I did. Yeah. That is such a huge thing to do for people. Mm-hmm. We so obligatorily go to viewings. Yeah. You're like, gotta go to a viewing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, but to go on, on purpose, big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. To intentionally love really does stand out. And that will be the light in the darkness. So 2023, I don't go by years. You know, I go by three hour increments. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But if you want to make a difference this year, just be that. You will stand out, and it'll make the difference in somebody's day and maybe their week. And you never know. could be their life. You know another thing that makes a difference in people's lives? Instagram reels. Instagram reels. (laughs) So we're going to watch another one here? Yeah, this one's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, this is funny. Well, no. What if it isn't? I think it's funny. I've never seen it. Sorry for the noise, everybody. That's all right. We're working on that. Yeah. Malarca. Yeah, right? Where are you at? You don't hear this feedback at the Wheeling Nailers games. <laughs> My wife Lindsay and I get along uh, really well. We don't argue too much. When we do argue, it's just communication stuff. But whatever, that's every couple. Every couple has some kind of communication problem. Uh, our problem is that my wife Lindsay doesn't think that I listen to her enough. And I don't care about that. <laughs> And that bothers her that I don't care, you know? And I could listen more. I could listen more effectively. And I will start doing a better job listening when she does a better job telling shorter, you know, faster stories. <laughs> Why is it always the listener's fault? That makes no sense. <laughs> My wife, Lindsay, and I get... Oh, that's funny. Obviously a comedian. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it, too. There is something to be said about it, though, you know? Uh, Why is it always the listener's fault? (laughs) Why isn't she better at telling stories? (laughs) Jeff Foxworthy does things like that that are so great that talks about that. Yeah. Yeah. He said one the other day, you know, he goes, men and women process information differently. He goes, I got a text. Pray for Dave. He was in a bad car accident. He goes, so I got home and I said to my wife, hey, hon, I got a text. Says you got to pray for Dave. He was in a bad car accident. She said, oh, my goodness, were, were Laurie and the kids in the car? I don't know. It just said pray for Dave. He's in a bad car accident. <laughs> Is he in the hospital? I don't know. It just- <laughs> it's a short story. That's all it is. <laughs> if I was going to take that reel out of the comedic context, I would say – the the bad part was when he just said, "I don't care." I don't but care. of course, yeah. that was the punchline. Right, I mean, that's the right. funny part, right? Like, you know. But yeah, she could get better at telling stories, mm-hmm. but you gotta care. Ugh. Don't you? <laughs> you, you gotta care about what she's saying. You do have to care. Yeah. You don't have to say it in such a creepy fashion. Oh, that was creepy. I'm sorry. But you gotta care. <laughs> that was less creepy. <laughs> well, that's amazing. It didn't feel creepy. Oh man. Who, me? Yeah? Oh, well. Welcome back, Chris. Guys, thanks for introducing me to the whole real world of... It's been a real great experience, hasn't it, Chris? <laughs> it has been real good. And uh, that's how we're going to wrap up episode 184. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeandroom.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Christmas is correct. <laughs> Scores must be kept. They must be. In any family, I mean. How will we know if we're winning? It's not round. It's, it's oblong. oblong. Yes, oblong. <laughs> I don't care if you're my family member. Well, and the nice thing is their, their pipes were frozen, so they called it off anyways. Or when they, when they want you over at their four-year-old's birthday party, and it's really hot. My reaction would be, shout, shout with, with joy. joy. <laughs> but you gotta care. Ugh.